When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything from start to finish, best footballing time period, magical. Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? Super Tommy Clark did. Peony Pot. Preston take the lead. Preston North End have won the cup. Preston North End may have won it. The official Preston North End podcast. This is PNE Pod, the official podcast of the one and only Preston North End Football Club. My name's Niall McCorn. And I'm Neil Mellor. We will be talking to some famous Preston North End former players, some famous fans, some current first team players, and a few former teammates of mine. The best way to keep in touch with the podcast is to hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your shows. That way, as soon as a new episode is released, you won't miss it. And today, Mel's, we've got a proper North End legend. Absolutely. We? Captain, scored a famous goal, lifted trophy and a player which many, many North End fans will remember. In terms of modern North End icons, he's got to be up there, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He he contributed so much during a successful period for Preston North End and uh, you'll be made up to hear some of the stories he's got to tell us. Hundreds of games, some massive goals and a former captain. Here's Tom Clark. Welcome to the show, Tom Clark. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. What are we now? A few months into retirement. How are you finding it? Yeah, strange, difficult, obviously. I, I knew my knee wasn't brilliant towards the end, but obviously I think when a surgeon sort of tells you to, to call it a day, um, it's always difficult to sort of take in, but thankfully sort of gone straight into the sort of coaching side of it a little bit. So yeah, enjoying that. Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? <laughs> Super Tommy Clark did. There you go. <laughs> Big smile on your face. Yeah. North End fans always say that to you. Yeah. What a day. You know, fortunately, I was the one that headed the ball in the net and yeah, didn't know at the time how how big of a deal it was until sort of after and still talk about it now. So yeah, brilliant memory. Um, one that fans keep reminding me of. Is that your favourite PNE moment, do you think? Yeah, I think just just all of it the timing of it I think Blackpool were the higher division that doesn't so, happen too often no exactly so yeah it was it was just nice for to get one over him um, like I say in the last minutes of the game going into extra time timing of it and fans running on the pitch and people getting trampled on by horses yeah it was hell of a day my dad was there so yeah brilliant I think from a footballer's point of view obviously people talk about winning medals and, and promotions that sort of thing but for me, it's about moments and memories yeah. and, and that's a massive one, isn't it, for you? Yeah, I mean, I was probably, what was it, my second game. So, yeah, again, just so fortunate um, that, you know, I was able to sort of get my head on it. Brilliant ball from Lee Holmes, I think it was. And, yeah, just from there, really had a, a great relationship with, with the fans and sort of kicked on from there. You signed from Huddersfield. Did you know much about PNE before you arrived or was that game and scoring against Blackpool almost like the perfect introduction to the club? Yeah, I, I sort of knew my time was was coming up at Huddersfield, been there a long, long time, 10 years since I was since I was eight. Um so yeah, it was a big decision to do. Obviously Simon Grayson was was the manager, knew knew him from a time at Preston. So yeah, he he had a massive in, input in that. And then when I went 
came to see the stadium and, and stuff like that, yeah, my decision was made pretty quick. Were you always a, a Huddersfield fan growing up as a little lad? Um, I was from Halifax. Um, obviously, my brother, Nathan, played there in the academy in the first team. So just always remember ball boy and watching him play for Huddersfield. So it was always my determination, really, to get in the first team and, and play with him, which I was fortunate to do. And yeah, spent a, a good time there, successful period. We got promotion. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. But who were some of the players, some of the games that you watched as a young boy wanting to be a, a professional footballer? Who were the ones where you're watching thinking, yeah, I want a bit of that. Some of the heroes growing up for you. Yeah, I weren't one to sort of go to many games. Obviously, my, my dad, my mum worked hard. Dad was working nights. So yeah, it was it was difficult to get to games. So probably on that, the games at Huddersfield were the ones really. Um, and probably no bigger inspiration than, than watching your brother play in the position that he was in. He broke through when he was, was 18. So he, I'd say he, he was a massive um, sort of input for my, for, for me personally, growing up, having that in front of you and wanting to strive and, and play with him and, and sort of follow his footsteps, really. Before you arrived at North End, I've got to get this in, you played against me twice. Yeah. Once for Huddersfield. Yeah. And once that. for Leighton Orient. Do you know what your win ratio was against me? I think we won one, late Norman. Huddersfield won, Sheffield Wednesday nil. I was at Wednesday, so yeah. you won that game. Right. North End, we'd won seven in a row. We were absolutely flying. Any North End fans that went to the game. It was October. It was like 100 degrees. It was ridiculous. Yeah. We've gone 1-0 up. Coots is scored. We're flying. We're thinking we're going to win eight games in a row. Our goalie was injured, so we had a young kid in goal. Yeah. You ended up beating us 2-1. Grezza missed a penalty. Graham Alexander yeah. missed a penalty. Yeah, I remember it now. I think it was James Did you Jones. give the pen away? Because I died Probably, for the pen. I don't think I did. I, did, I think die. I rolled my ankle. So I, I think I were off for that that bit. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Roasting, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red out, yeah. But, but, good for me. But that was before you right. arrived at Preston. But yeah, yeah I mean, you, you had me in your back pocket. Yeah. yeah it's not hard. <laughs> 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 no, I enjoyed it there. A little loan, loan spell at Lake Orient. Just come back from, from an ACL. Um, so yeah, good experience. Played some some big games, like you say, Preston, who were flying high, and obviously Grezzo, who don't who don't miss pens. So yeah, it was a, a strange one. Nineteen years this January since you signed your first professional contract. Eighteen years since you scored your first professional goal. Do you remember who it was against? Mm. Having to think, you didn't score yeah. many. You didn't no, score many. Come on, what were it? Twenty five. Blackpool. Who put the ball in the Blackpool yeah, yeah, net? Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Blackpool. Blackpool okay. at, at home, I think, playing in midfield, box to box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, remember those early days as a professional, like signing your first contract and breaking through? What would I have been? I think I was 17, maybe. Um, MK Don's away, bit of a running track around it then. Um, yeah, just really excited. No, I just remember having no fear. Listen, it was easier because Nathan was in the first team. He was able to guide me um, a little bit and keep me away from causing any bother with the with the older lads. Um, but yeah, to play next to me, I think I played centre-half that, that day with him. So really fortunate to sort of, like I say, be guided by him. And yeah, just no fear. Just went into every game, enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, just sort of an overriding feeling of enjoyment being able to come through the academy at age eight and, and make your debut have you always been close because for me my brother was the best man at my wedding I, I wonder as yeah, some, no, yeah no same yeah really close two older brothers um, one who's completely not interested in football whatsoever um, but yeah really close to both of them like I said to have that in the change room alongside you is brilliant 
must have fallen out with him though. Yeah, there were times where yeah he, he'd let me know, <laughs> especially being the younger one, um, and a little bit of you know you need to sort of find your own feet a little bit. So he left me alone um, and made me them sort of decisions, bad decisions in a game or change room in training. Um, but he always sort of kept my standards high and made sure I was, you know, in first and, and sort of last away. Is that the person you spoke to maybe most in terms of advice during your career? Because for me, it was always my dad, more so than my other yeah. brother, but was it yeah. more your brother for you? Definitely, yeah. Like I say, he had that four years on me, he'd seen it all before. So yeah, he was a, a massive one. Obviously my dad, uh, my mom, um, but yeah, coaches as well. Coaches have always, coaches have had in the academies have, have always been a massive help. Who and, like? And uh, still are. Um, I'd say Chris Howarth, who I, I had at Huddersfield, I think she's at Sheffield United now. Um, you know, massive in my sort of early upbringing in the academy. And then the likes of Peter Jackson, who, who gave me my debut, um, Terry Yorath, and going back that, that far, um, really believed me and sort of helped me keep me on, really. Obviously, when you were at North End, made that amazing start by scoring against Blackpool. That was one of the highs, you said, but one of the other highs was probably being part of the team, guiding the team to the playoff victory at Wembley against Swindon. So what yeah. do you remember of that? From the, from the beginning, really, with my time at Preston, we've always progressed. And I think we we missed out on it in the playoffs the, the year before, which was, which was disappointing for me because my brother was at... Um, Late Orient, they got through to the final. We had we were playing Rotherham, um, and they obviously got through. We was you know I was hoping both captains both being at Wembley. Yeah. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do it, so that was another sort of kick in the teeth. And then I had to go and support Nathan at, at Wembley. Um, just unfortunate that he couldn't do it. But yeah, that next following season, good season. It was sort of difficult end. We we went to I think it was Colchester had to win um, or draw um, to get promoted. Couldn't couldn't do it MK Dons was was coming I remember because MK were chasing you all the way to the end and we were sort of grinding it out with 1-0s and MK Mm. were winning 3-4-0s on the every week and they had Deli Alley scoring and yeah so sort of felt that little bit of pressure but yeah full confidence that we could go there and get a result and yeah flew there and yeah all the family waiting for us back home yeah so yeah massive kick in the teeth that we couldn't do it there and sort of then having to pick everyone up as, as captain and obviously Simon Grayson as manager we were a young team with a little bit of experience with, with Beckford and, and Joe Garner in there well, How did you do that? Because I was at the Colchester game and I remember thinking going to beat these because th- yeah. they were about to get relegated yeah. it would be a comfortable away when you've ended up not getting promoted you're thinking got to do the playoffs yeah. how do you lift yourself again knowing that the season before you'd been beaten in the playoffs and yeah. you'd been expected to go up and then you just missed out on the last day of the season. So as the, as the captain, as one of the leaders, I know you mentioned about the manager, what sort of things are you saying to the players there? Come up, we can do it this year. It's not going to be like last year. What sort of things? Yeah, listen, it was hard. I, I remember being on the pitch when all the fans were running off. It took me 10 minutes to sort of get off the pitch or sat on the floor. It was difficult knowing we had Chesterfield, who were a really good team. Um, it, it was difficult, but yeah, it was just trying to remain positive. I remember Simon Grayson on the bus going home, having a little chat with everyone real positive chat um, and it's yeah just about lifting everyone we knew we had a good team um, and we knew we could do it it was just a case of getting over that um, really quick and, and going again which we did Was that team better than the season before? I think it was yeah I think we we was just with the experience of losing out that having that uh, which helped and then bringing adding those little pe- um, sort of pieces that Grayson did helped us massively 
And when you go into a final as well, you feel like it might be cagey, yeah. but then you fly into a three-goal lead. You battered Swindon, really. So that must have been a mad feeling to have gone through all of that psychological stuff that Mel's was talking about, picking yourself back up. And then you get to Wembley and you're taking this team apart. Yeah, been to Wembley, you know, luckily a few times. And like you said, it's always cage. I think Huddersfield went down, right down to the keepers to against Sheffield United. So yeah, you go into it thinking this is going to be tough. The game plays out. I think we're 3-0, like you say, half-time. Um, they had a great chance sort of towards the end, sort of. Um, but yeah, finals don't, don't tend to go like that. So you, again, it was going in at half-time, trying to keep everyone's emotions sort of down. You and, must have been thinking about lifting the trophy off. Yeah, back of my head, sort of, I was. And then they had that, they had the big chance and it just sort of brought me back a little bit and thought, listen, you know, this isn't over yet. Um, especially in a final, you never know. But yeah, we had Beckford, who was who was just on fire that season. Really hardly trained. I think he broke his toe, um, but we weren't too bothered as long as he was producing on a on a weekend. And and he did that second half. You sort of thinking about then walking up the steps and and how big a high was that? Yeah, that it was moment? was up there. Like I say, I did it with Huddersfield, but I didn't play in the final. I played sort of twenty five games, but you, as much as you don't feel part of it when you've not played in the final um, so to do that and to play as many games as I did that season 50 odd I think just felt a great ending Who was there to share it with you and how did you celebrate that yeah. night? Yeah so my, my my family my brother obviously Nathan um, yeah my wife um, who was pregnant at the time so yeah it was and the chairman at Huddersfield, actually, Dean Hoyle, who, who, who was there, whose, whose wife's a Preston fan as well. So he had a little joke saying, obviously, at the time, he got rid of me. Um, but yeah, sort of walking down the steps, he was like, you know, good decision in the end, <laughs> so, which it was. Um, so yeah, just close family and friends. Um, yeah, and sort of... Tell us about the party. Come on, what yeah, was going the on? The, yeah. the trophies in the middle of the dance floor, yeah. you're all dancing around. Yeah. Do you know where we ended up? Beluga. So, yeah, we're in London, lovely place, um, end up in Beluga, yeah. So, Ty's, I don't know where Ty's gone. I know it will wrap around my head at some point. And, yeah, just, yeah, can't remember much of it. Um, great night, especially with the lads that you worked hard all year with. Um, so, everyone was there, the manager, all the staff, and everyone was in there? Yeah, everyone, yeah. Simon Grayson, yeah, moving his hips. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a good day, good night. Um all around, so yeah, I can't remember much of it, uh, to be honest. <laughs> PE Pod. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. PE Pod. From legends to leaders, the best guests from inside Deepdale. I wanted to ask you about Simon Grayson. When he came to PE, you were his first sign in for the club. I think when you went to Fleetwood, he was manager there as well. Yeah. So you obviously had quite a good relationship with him. Yeah, no, definitely. At Huddersfield, it was, he'd come in. I sort of felt like I was training well, and I, but I weren't playing and I, I just couldn't understand it. There was talks about a bit of a low move and stuff like that. But I thought, no, I feel like I'm, I'm close. I want to stay, stay in and around it and sort of managed to sort of play 25, 30 games under him, but weren't a constant first team regular. Um, and then obviously he got sacked um, and then things changed for me there. Um, so yeah, it was... I knew I was training well and played well in the game, so I knew he liked me. Um, obviously, when I spoke to him to, to come to Preston, um, knew how he worked, um, knew how he was as a man manager and just, yeah, sort of jumped at the chance and 
Um, when I seen Preston and stuff, it was, yeah, no brainer. What were some of his good team talks? What were some of the things that he'd say? Team talks wise, he, he, he just kept it quite simple. Um, he never overcomplicated it. And that's, again, we sort of the, the tactic side of it. He didn't overdo it um, with meetings and stuff. He just knew how to get good lads through the door who, who we, likes a Beckford who probably had a not a great time before. He, he knew if we got him through the building, he'd, he'd get the best out of him. And that's how he, how he was. I felt like I probably played my best football under him. Yeah, so yeah, he was just good at getting good people through the door who were experienced. Did he have to put you to the side and say, can you have a word with him? So you'd sort of have a word rather than him having to get involved? A little bit, but not not as much as... Listen, he was the one that sort of made me, made me captain. And even that was a little bit like, he never really said it. He saw, I just come in and it was above my peg. So it was, that was his way of telling you and, and sort of nothing got said since. So yeah. You must it, have been buzzing to see that then when you walk in. And yeah, it was sort of, it was even pre-season. I think, I think it was a joke or not. Someone <laughs> yeah, someone put it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pre-season game, it was there and yeah, sort of never changed. So yeah, really, really thankful for that. And I think it was just how I was day to day with the with the lads. I was personal. I, I felt like I could get on with everyone. Not a shouter and baller, but sort of when I when I did shout, people sort of knew. I'd, I'd say more with the Alex Alex Neil tenure. I thought I think he was more that. Listen, I need you to say that to him. Or a lot of meetings with Alex Neil where you, you know you need to sort of get through, get this through to the group. Whereas Grayson wasn't wasn't that type. Who did you have to shout at? Um, you just said that you had to shout at a couple, mainly yeah. on the pitch or, or in the or in the dressing room. Not so much in the, we had a really good dressing room. Yeah, I'd say over my period, it was probably un, more under sort of Alex Neal, under Grayson's time. We had a lot of lads that had just sorted out themselves. Whereas sort of the new ones, your Ben Pearsons and, and stuff like that, who was getting booked every week. Um, you sort of need to get into him a little bit and, and, and have a go at him because he was our best player. We were losing him for probably 10 games a season. So, how, do you yeah. say, how do you say stop getting booked every game? Yeah, it's hard because you don't want to take that out of him because that's how he plays so well. Um, Especially when you're a defender as well. There's a good chance you're going in at some point. Yeah, no, exactly. And he was the one covering all all of us as well. So yeah, you pin him up and you just tell him. <laughs> yeah, so no, yeah, but um, yeah, re really enjoyed him. I think I was captain for what, seven, seven years. So yeah, loved it. Did Grayson ever get stuck into you at any point? Or any managers ever give you some stick? I'd say there were one Alex Neal's time. <laughs> I tell the lads this, um, we were Swansea, Swansea away. My wife was having um, Heidi and I was in hospital. Didn't think I'd make the Swansea game. Um, but Heidi was born and sort of rang, Alex Neal rang me and said, listen, you know, I want you on the plane. You, you, you come in. I says, all right, no worries. Been in a hospital bed. McDonald's, you know, all you can eat in, in that period. <laughs> pretty um, much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll travel, but I won't play. I'll, I'll, I'll just be on the bench. Got into the hotel, I'm playing. I'm like, oh my God, hospital bed, not eating great. And I'm playing right back, which is, an, is another one. So yeah, first half up against um, little Wayne Routledge. Yeah, very small and sharp. So yeah, first half didn't go well. He kept on swapping with Nathan Dyer. So a lot of pace. Um, so yeah, didn't have the best half. So Must have been booked. Yeah, give a penalty away. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I got it at half time. I did want to say, listen, I've been in hospital bed, you know, like, but yeah, just thought, just take it. <laughs> just take the take the heat and, and get on with it. Yeah, so it weren't, weren't the best time, but Alex Neal could give it out. Mel's mentioned half time team talks, but were there any sort of tactical tweaks in training or any changes in 
training methods that maybe you think might have made a difference? Yeah, I think through my p- period of playing, I'm, I was fortunate because I came through with that old school, your Terry Yorifs, Peter Jacksons, you know, you, you have a fighting dressing room, you, you have a punch each, it, it, just really old school and they'd tell you. But then it sort of drifted into sort of your Alex Neils and who, who's tactically really good you know, on one of them big TVs is dragging you about, pulling you about. And I wish I'd have probably played under Alex a little bit younger. Um, I think I was around 30 when he, when he arrived. So um, I'd have learned so much, but it was still also good to have that little bit of old schooling mentality and how it was back then. Um, so yeah, I, I was fortunate to sort of come through and see both really. I wonder if, did the message ever change for certain games? Because, Mentioned about scoring against Blackpool, which is a big game, mm. a big resort against uh, our, our rivals. But you played in a lot of derbies, didn't you? Burnley, Blackburn. What was the message like in terms of how different it may have been for some of the team talks? Yeah, don't lose. That that was that was the main one, and and that was just across the board of, of players. Players knew what it what it were about, and in my time, I, I don't feel like we had a bad bad period of time, you know, with the, with the derby games, I, f- I feel like we've done really well, but that was the message throughout the group, really don't lose. You knew when you were stepping out the intensity of the game, the rivalry. Um, so yeah, even new players coming in, it was drilling it into them that these games matter. And, and, and no better from me to say that when you win one nil against Blackpool, you know what it's about. You get that feeling straight away. So what was the difference? Burnley away and Blackburn away. What were they like? Yeah, Burnley, it was obviously they, they fluctuated between Premier League and, and Championship. So it was always a, a big game. Um, again, being fortunate to have some good results away from home. Um, you won at Burnley, didn't you? Yeah, won at, I think it was Will Keane yeah. scored. So yeah, being, being fortunate to, to get some good results. But yeah, the message was was the same from any manager I've been with, Grace and Alex Neil, it was, you can talk tactics as much as you want. I think when, when derby games come around, anything can happen and you've just got to go full, full throttle. Do you miss that now that you're retired? Yeah, I think even more so. I went to the, to the Leeds Preston game and just the atmosphere. I think that was the day when I sort of sat back and thought, oh God, you know, I, I really do miss it. Um, miss them that feeling in the in the tunnel, them butterflies, and just stepping out and being with your team, being with a group, and being I was a player, just ready to to run through a brick wall for the players that I played with, and I mi- I do miss that. I miss that um, definitely. People always say that to players. What do you miss the most? I do not miss training. Do you miss training? No, 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 <laughs> not day. I didn't hardly train towards the end, so I didn't miss it at all. Um, do miss the sort of changing room stuff, but yeah, that feeling on a. Tuesday night under the lights or a Saturday there's, there's, there's no better adrenaline especially when you're captain as well like the day after Sir Tom Finney died on quite a poignant occasion like that I suppose it means a little bit more yeah it meant it meant everything you know leading leading the team I, I hope sort of the way I trained and played I, I sort of led by that example rather than like I say always shouting and bawling I just hope like I say they hope the players knew that you know, I'd run through a brick wall for him and um, and that's the feeling I sort of got and I think that's why the fans sort of grew to me a little bit. You actually played against your brother that day. Was it weird playing against him rather than when you were at Huddersfield, you played with him? Again, you go back to that, always try to better each other, you know, that brotherly rivalry sort yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, you sort of go into the 
captain, the referee's room, you're both captain and, and you sort of see each other there and sort of don't look at each other. It was, <laughs> it was pretty much trying to be serious um, until the game was over. But yeah, to walk out together and like you say, such a poignant day, it was, you know, unbelievable for us again. Touched on certain games that you played in. What about competitions? What about the FA Cup? What did the FA Cup mean to you? It meant, you know, growing up as a youngster, the FA Cup were massive and I've been, you know, lucky enough to play in some some big FA Cup games, Chelsea twice, Arsenal, um, Man United at, at um, Preston as well. So, yeah. I took the lead in that game. Yeah, we did. Yeah, great night. Yeah, so being involved in some big games and that's what it's about, you know, for the fans to come out and experience, you know, these world-class players coming here and... and who was playing for United? Yeah, I was going to say, who did you play against, you thought, more? Yeah, Rooney? there were... No, yeah, Rooney was there, managed to get... He was captain, so we sort of went in together, did the referee stuff. I saw Nicky sh- grab your shirt at the end. Yeah, he said, Before oh, the yeah. game, you're asking him for his shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he said, yeah, no worries. I said, he won't remember. Everyone's running to him. But yeah, managed to get it. Still in a draw because don't go with furniture and stuff <laughs> at house. So. Because of the badge. Because yeah, of the badge on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Fellaini. Yeah, try to look through his hair to get to the ball. <laughs> um, and Di Maria. Yeah, they played a, a, a strong team, which... Just shows, you know, the respect that they had for us and took them all the way, really. Unfortunately, we couldn't. But again, the them atmospheres, your Blackpools, your, when the fans do come out and, and make some noise, it's, it's some place to be. P&E Pod, the official Preston North End podcast. P&E Pod, the official podcast of the one and only Preston North End. Transfers are always a big talking point, aren't they? And you've gone from Huddersfield to Preston. Any clubs sort of that have come in for you that they have turned down maybe to No, not not that I can think back of. The, listen, there were a few rumours and stuff like that, but never never anything concrete. I think Chef Wednesday were were, were one that were pretty close. Um but they were I think there were two or three that they were interested in. But it, it took a lot to sort of leave. Like I say, I, I loved my time there. I was playing, I was captain. And I, you know, I wish I could have stayed there my whole career. It didn't work out like that. What about P and E though? Because obviously you were flying, doing really well. Was the, was the club sort of sniffing about trying to take you away at that time or not? Uh, from Preston, yeah. Like I say, I think there was there was just one Sheffield, but other than that, no. Yeah, like I say, it'd be it'd have been a tough decision to make. Um, everything that was was happening at Preston, I I enjoyed, and I was I was doing well. I was playing well, and I was sort of comfortable in, in that environment. How do you reflect on leaving then? So you left after seven years in 2020 yeah. and obviously we're in the middle of COVID at this yeah. point. No fans in stadiums. It comes to the summer and it's time to say goodbye. So that must have felt a bit strange, not able to have that goodbye with the fans. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was difficult, really difficult. It was it was a strange time, obviously, for everyone. COVID hit, championship football went went back and played. Um, so we went back for sort of a mini pre-season, um, did that. The, the sort of club and my agent was sort of speaking, but then sort of talks went a little bit quiet and it was a case of sitting down with Alex Neal and sort of seeing, seeing where we was at. And I, I sort of had to think about long-term really. You know, I had a lot of injuries that I just spoke about and it was a case of trying to prolong my career and with Preston sort of umming and ahhing whether to do anything, you know, having to, to go out there and maybe, you know, spoke about the injuries that I've had, something to happen. And Preston not offering me out and not being able to go anywhere else. It was it was a very difficult period of time. It's a, you know, I sat down with my family, just tried to make the best decision 
for us, we were, you know, we had a young family and, and the best thing for me to prolong my career really. And and that was the sort of decision that I, sort of, I made. You got loads of messages though, didn't you? When it came out that you were going to leave Deepdale, that must've been quite emotional for you. Yeah, ridiculous. Like I say, the fans have, have, have been been absolutely brilliant with me. I can't thank, thank them enough. Um, you know, best period of my, my time's been there. My ki- kids sort of growing up and seeing me play there. Um, yeah, so it, it weren't an easy decision. Um, yeah, sat in the room a lot thinking and, and debating what to do because it weren't a case of me holding out for a better club to come in. It was a case of can I prolong my career for an extra three years, which I did, knowing that my knee wasn't great. And and that was the sort of decision I wanted to go down. I didn't want to be at Preston and outstay my welcome and, mm. and be someone that's, you know, not playing. And I, I just didn't want it to end like that. When you have gone back to Deepdale, as a non-Preston player, what's it been like? Yeah, just ridiculous. Like the fans have, have, have been brilliant. Like I say, the welcome that they, they gave me. Ben Rhodes, while I was at Fleetwood, sort of rang me and sort of said, you know, obviously it happened during COVID. We'd love to get you, you back and, and get a real send-off, which you did against Liverpool, um, which were brilliant. I was able to bring my, my, my little girl on the pitch and my wife and, and yeah, sort of, Got, got a real send off, which I'm I'm very thankful for for Ben to do and the club to do. I got to say sort of bye and, and thank you. In September, you got told on medical advice that it was probably time to stop playing. Did you kind of know that day was coming? And what did the surgeon say to you? Yeah, it was it was a case. Obviously, I signed for for Halifax. Obviously, I was getting injections. You know, Jacko. I was getting injections left, right, and centre at Lived on anti inflammatories. Yeah, well. yeah. So. <laughs> and I weren't in a great shape when I was playing every week. It, it was just a case of it. It got to me at that point at Halifax. And obviously no disrespect to Halifax. The facilities aren't what they are elsewhere, like you say, at Preston and stuff. So to get the aftercare and stuff is is difficult. Um, and yeah, it just happened in a game. Felt a bit of a click in my knee. And that click's not gone ever since. So yeah, I went to see, sort of see a surgeon and sort of where it is, the cartilage is obviously none there, but it, the last little bit is just clicking out of the joint and popping back in. So it was a case of, do you want surgery and sort of be out a year? Or you're 35 and you've played sort of 500 odd games, you just want to call it a day and, and be able to sort of walk and play with your kids. So yeah, sort of took that that decision with him sort of pushing me towards it. So yeah, difficult day, but sort of knew it was always going to happen at some point. How many surgeries did you end up having? On that knee, probably about three, four a lot of clean outs and stuff, but, and, and that was sort of, now it was, you play a game and you, you sort of need swell up double. I had, I had 90 mil drained off a knee before a game. Once. I thought you were going to say you had 90 surgeries. I said, <laughs> you've had a lot of injuries, but that's ridiculous. No, but we're talking about injuries and obviously it affects a lot of players, but the similar sort of area that was suffered in the knee. But yeah. I remember getting 90 mil drained. My knee, I couldn't even bend my knee 90 degrees. Yeah. Doc's took 90 mil out and he's gone, you can still play. And I'm like, I can barely walk. How difficult is that? What's difficult is every, no one knows you're injured. No. So you're there. Why is he, why is he not playing well? Right. And, yeah. and, and some of your teammates aren't even aware of it. You're yeah. thinking mentally, yeah, you're, you're thinking, oh, I'm struggling there. Hmm. But, but everyone's judging you as if you like everything's yeah. okay. And a lot yeah. of players are struggling through these games and you know, you've experienced that as well. And it is really tough mentally to be yeah. able to think, I'm better than this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my body's letting me down, but yeah, I yeah. am better than yeah. this, uh, and that's a big frustration that obviously you must have experienced as well. Yeah, and sort of towards the end, of, uh, like I said, I done my Achilles, and I was at Preston. I was the captain. I was the leader, 
And for me, a leader is you're out there every week, you, you play, and I weren't able to do that. So mentally that that really frustrated me. And then sort of towards the end at Halifax and and stuff like that. And I'm like, like you said, I'm, you know, I'm better than this. Why aren't I able to why why aren't I able to do the things I was doing? And it was just down to not being able to physically and, and to mentally do that week in, week out, it, it's very difficult because then you for me anyway, personally, you, you do take that home and it does affect your family and you are frustrated and your moods are constantly up and down and your knees swollen so you're down. And it was it, it took a real toll probably on on everyone. Um so to get out of that was a was a relief. Um to get out of that mind frame um definitely was was a relief, yeah. I don't think any player really wants to think about retirement, but did you ever have any thoughts about what you might do after your playing days were finished? Were you thinking about that in the final few seasons, maybe? So towards the end at, at Fleetwood, I was I was doing my badges, but it just seemed like everybody was was doing the badges, and that was the thing to do. Mm. Luckily, sort of at my time at Preston, sort of I was able to sort of invest a little bit and sort of give me that little bit of leeway when I did retire and not think and not panic and think, oh my god, where now? So I've been able to sort of just step back and and sort of take my time and, and process it all, you know, that you won't be going to train day in, day out and and sort of just spend a little bit of time with my family. I spoke to you sort of before, um, eight-year-old and five-year-old and my youngest is autistic. So we've, we, we sort of, we're finding that really difficult as a family to deal with. So to be at home and, and be present, and being around is is yeah amazing. All the things. Watch that, Peppa Pig with him. Is that still rocking these days? Yeah, still rocking. Yeah, my yeah, five year old still. Watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did sit there one time and no one were in room and I'm just watching it. So yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, he's, he's massive on on Peppa Pig. So yeah, and eight year olds wearing makeup and doing all that now. So yeah, it's, it goes quick. So try to enjoy it as much as I can, but also try and keep as busy as, as possible it's funny I, said, I found the, the other day a couple of North End shirts from sort of my, my last few years there and got Daddy 33 on the back yeah. and like thinking God, look how small they are yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but nice memories yeah, so, no. so, so when you've had obviously the kids there going around the pitch as well yeah, nice, yeah. Nice no memories. time flies doesn't it and especially when you're having fun and enjoying it it, it goes too quick and you know, if close my eyes, I'd, I, w- I wish I'd be we sort of back and, and starting my time get, again. Mel's was on about some of the old Preston kits. Have you kept anything from your career? Yeah, my dad, yeah, kept it all programs and shirts. And yeah, like I say, at the minute. Um, you never asked for my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all in a draw though. Not not good enough to sort of put up yet while we, while we get my little man cave sorted. So that'll be all getting put up. But yeah, got um, shirts that we'd, sort of played against Nathan against and um, the Joganas and Beckfords and yeah, some, some really good shirts and Rooney's and yeah, yeah, really fortunate sort of look back at him and some great memories. Off the back of that then, let's do some quick fire questions. Yep. What is the best PE kit of all time? I like the yellow one, away one. Some reason. There's a really good photo of you. We actually. always played well in it. I can't remember which team it was, but you scored. But there's a great photo of you, like screaming into the camera in that yellow kit. Yeah, I think it was Coverway. Coverway. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's that sprung to mind, but I always feel like we've done well in it um, in that kit. So yeah, that that sort of stuck in my head. That favorite cheat meal after a game? I'd say pizza. Yeah, nice and easy. It was it was summer. You probably know it. Domino's. You, Domino's. Sick of it. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm I'm boring. Plain Jane, yeah, margarita. Nice so, and simple. Dip, dip um, it in some sauce or just plain? No, dry. Oh. 
That's boring. Yeah. <laughs> what about a chippy? Because sometimes you'll get yeah. a chippy, would you just sort get chips of, on its own, no salt and vinegar? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah. He's I'd, not that I'd boring. I'd be daring a little bit on, on, on fish and chips. But yeah, more so sort of Fleetwood that. Yeah, you get got some good ones around great there. Chippy there yeah, great chippy there. Great chippy, yeah. So as soon as game had done, um, nip there. Was there an opponent or a team where you went, oh, we always Who did you look forward to playing the most? Who you thinking, yeah. can't wait to play these, we'll beat these? Probably the Derby games. Like I said before, I'd always had a good time against sort of the Derby games. So likes of the Blackburns and, and stuff like that. It was, you, you couldn't not get up for them and be excited for sort of them games, especially away. We always done well. Do you have a favourite away ground? So, so growing up, it'd be a weird one this, but my granddad was from Aston. Um, so I always got brought up with Villa, my dad and Southgate and, and all that lot. So we obviously to play at Villa's ground, very iconic old ground. They used to play the semis and finals mm-hmm. there. So yeah, to play there was was brilliant. My granddad was there and my dad. So that was a that was a stadium that always stuck out and obviously Wembley as well. What goal did you celebrate the most that wasn't yours? I'd say the fourth at, at Wembley. Because that then got me thinking about the steps and <laughs> walking up and, <laughs> and lifting it and that, that enjoyment and that relief of, of that. Because all my time at Preston, it was, oh, Preston never winning playoffs. That was just, especially when we lost it at in. Colchester. In <laughs> yeah. We never, we never win, we never winning playoffs. And that's all I was hearing. And yeah. so many interviews of, well, this is a, sort of a different team and we've not been brought up. I've been successful in playoffs. So we, we brought that mentality in and thankfully we did it. And yeah. Um, yeah. So probably, probably that. <laughs> was there ever, ever an opponent? I wasn't that sort of player, but it was like talking to you during the game. Do you know when you're thinking, What's he on about? Oh, yeah, asking yeah, you what there. you have on your pizza. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah do, you, do you know one? And I played with him a lot, but Joe Garner was was always one of them that whenever I played against him, it, I always found it difficult. He was he was small but good in the air. Always willing to give you a little elbow. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that, but the more you sort of riled him up, the better he got. So it was it was one of them. Do you leave him alone or yeah? So he was he was a difficult opponent. Referees. Like them, not like them, get in trouble much, booked for dissent. You know what? I weren't too bad. I only probably got in 500 odd games, three sendings off. So I weren't too bad. And three too many, some might say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always sort of prided myself on, on you know, timing the tackles and not, you know, I was never aggressive. And yeah, there were one story with, with Jordan Hugel. He was at Middlesbrough, who's obviously Preston's been together for a while. And he, he just, had his teeth done so nice sorted out so he was in the hotel and I was like listen I'm gonna they're coming off I'm gonna (laughs) elbow them and he's like oh I'm gonna break your nose then because it was already a little bit broke he says I'm gonna send it further so first header pops up catches me done it broke my nose straight away didn't get near his gleaming teeth Um, so yeah he got away with it he didn't get books or anything no 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 clever very clever, which is not like Jordan. <laughs> um, so yeah, broke my nose and was out for a mask ever since. So yeah, that's um, yeah, don't, not really that aggressive, really. All right, final one then. If you could sum up your time at PNE in a sentence or even a word, what would it be? Magical. Everything from start to finish. If you could have told me it was would have happened like it did, I'd have, I'd have bit your hand off, especially with the injuries that I had before. Um, to sort of do seven years and play the games that I did and sort of banged them out, the promotions, the big games of the FA Cups and just just some great memories, best best footballing time period. 
Full stop, yeah. Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? Super Tommy Clark did. p and Pod, the official podcast of Preston North End. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search p Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network.